0: Brian thank you so, thank you so much for uh, uh, your word, your word of grace, uh, which is really what our whole first section was about. Uh, just that um, I think at the heart of any ministry, any marriage, any relationship life as a Christian has to be the grace of the gospel uh, we've actually got Brian's brother over in Adelaide will um, so it's great hearing snippets of stories and things uh, but I just sort of that first section that really at the heart of the question is um have you found the g spot for your marriage yet um and i don't mean the geneva spot as good as yeah. geneva is okay geneva is great it's on record this has been recorded right Geneva's great but it's 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 that sweet spot of grace uh, sometimes uh we know it is it's like that you know the golf shot the tennis shot that brings you back or whatever it is it's but it's what we need to keep driving at i've just got some we've got some scriptures there uh, just to remind us those wonderful words from Isaiah that uh, the grace of the gospel really is God's highest and best thought. It's his highest and best way uh, for life in this world. Um, and at the heart of that is, is free pardon and, of course, abundant mercy. The Titus uh, passage there, very familiar, because we've all know two ways to live back to front but, uh, and just for starters. Uh, but it really is that this grace, it's, it's, it has appeared... Uh, and it's this grace that teaches us. It's this grace we must keep allowing ourselves to be taught uh, by, and and especially I think driven by as planners. Generally, I think we're pretty driven people as planters, uh, impatient, eager to get to, to where we want to be yesterday. Uh, but of course, at the heart of God's grace is is patience. Uh, it's perseverance. Uh, it's love. It's kindness. Now, now that's really the heart of what we want to to say in that first section the rest of the time what we wanted to do is um and and there's a you'll notice there's an uh, opportunity for a bit of reflection and discussion yourself just there on page four uh just a chance for you together to reflect on just this year keep it concrete just how you think god's grace has informed and reformed your marriage and ministry this year so far um, and then just to sort of open that up about, um, I guess, possibilities as you think about marriage and ministry. The exercises through that you'll see here, um, a couple of them are like those prepare focus instruments. You, 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 do, the, you do them by yourself and then you find out what, what, what they said and hopefully that will lead to really fruit, fruitful discussion. Other stuff you can just chat about together. We won't particularly pause uh, along the way uh, today, but there's four headings. Uh, your marriage is in view. Your marriage is a blessing, your marriage is vulnerable, uh, and then that last one uh, on the back that you'll see is that uh, your marriage should outlast uh, your ministry um, at least here on earth anyway so we'll just um, we'll just uh, speak to those as well. What we might do is uh, i 'll just kick off uh, and then we're going to sort of play. We've never done this before, as well. We've planted, we've had kids together, so we're going to see how this goes. But we're going to be be sharing sharing things around. But just appropriately, just your marriage is on view. And what we mean by that is that your marriage really is out there in the public marketplace. I think in ministry, but especially as planters. That passage there from Ephesians two. We're on page five now, guys. So different page number four. Yeah, there you go. I'm ahead of myself. It's a problem when you've got notes. So I'll just open this up. We're on page four. Thanks for that. Um it is by grace you've been saved and through faith, which is what we've just been reminded of. Um, It's a gift. It's not your own doing. We're God's workmanship, uh, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Uh, And all these good works um, that we spend time thinking and planning about, they've actually God's lovingly prepared beforehand for us to do, that we actually should walk in them. Now, he's talking about uh, the goodness of being a Christian, being part of the church. This idea of been God's workmanship. I love the image that um, uh, it's its like uh, to be a Christian is to be uh, like a priceless work of art. That God has spent countless hours, years uh, painting um, and, and like any priceless work of art, uh, some people like to lock them away in a vault because they're scared it's going to get stolen. But uh, Quite rightly, they're meant to be out there in the public marketplace for all to see. Um, and, of course, all the praise and kudos to go to uh, the author, the painter, the creator, the maker, uh, and not to us as well. I just find that a really helpful way to think as a Christian. Um, that, that We are meant to be uh, and to see ourselves as a priceless work of grace. Um, and um, Gita's just going to uh, now just speak a little bit about Ephesians 5 and marriage.
1: Yeah, so this is a great um, mystery, isn't it? That a man leaves his father and mother, is united with his wife. The two become one. Uh, but Paul uh, is talking about Christ and the church. And then that next command, that uh, the husband must love the wife and the wife must respect her husband. So, um, Our marriages are actually a window, this kind of little glimpse of how Christ and the church relate and I think the reality as church planning couples, as people in ministry is that our marriages are on view and um, people expect a lot more from our marriages and I think we've all felt as young mums that idea of living in a fishbowl. And, uh, you know, we always joke, joke about it at college. It's like living in a fishbowl. Well, I think, you know, our marriages are, are like that and that people are actually learning uh, from them. But what a great privilege uh, to be able to uh, show them God's grace. And it is all about grace because everything that's happened in your life so far, the fact that you've been saved by grace, the fact that you have been married, been provided with each other, and that you are in ministry uh, is all God's uh, goodness uh, to you.
0: Um, and following up from that means that uh, our marriages, I think, are more exposed. I think having worked in some bigger ministries, like at Holy Trinity Adelaide in the city, um, and even up at Wurunga with Terry, um, I think that your marriages there, they don't need to be as exposed. I mean, you know, AFES ministry as well, those sort of things. Um, but I think as planters, because we run so lean, uh, that a marriage is just by the nature of planting, um, by being relationally driven, that we, we feel um, yeah more, more exposed. This was brought home to us, a young couple when we recruited our starting team, um, a couple of professionals, uh, younger kids, they said, oh, one of the reasons we thought it would be really good to come planting with you guys, because we think we could you know watch your marriage and learn off how you do marriage and how you raise your kids, and we're thinking, like, for real. Um, that is, it was just to remind. I think, yeah, of course, of course, that's exactly how it should be. Um, now, you don't hold yourself up on a pedestal, of course, you know, look how great we are. Uh, we never have fights, do we, darling? Never. Never. Um, it, it's not like that, it's actually how you do grace. It's how you do grace in, in a fallen world and in a busy life, busy ministry uh, and those sorts of things. Um, so, our marriages, yep, that were exposed, are on view uh, to people inside our churches, but also to outside our churches as well.
1: Yeah, so John and I, we have a lot of uh, non-Christian family members, and so the way John and I treat each other uh, is really important. It's a great opportunity for us to show them uh, God's grace in our lives, and I'm a member of a book club with eight uh, non-Christian women. We have a lot of fruitful discussion over a glass of red, and again, it's a great opportunity for the way I talk about John and about... Uh, my family and how I'm spending my time uh, to show them uh, about God just in these simple conversations. And the opposite is also true. So if there is infidelity or if as Christian wives and husbands we behave badly or even worse than the unbeliever, how damaging is that uh, to God? And I think if anyone's expecting marriages to last... Uh, till death do us part. It is the Christian marriage and it is even more so I think uh, the marriage of people who are in ministry. And I think that's why it's good as church planners to spend some time looking at marriage in ministry uh, because when we first started church planning we basically had an open door and people were coming and going at any time of day uh, and not only our marriage but uh, how we treated the children and how they, how they responded to us was also on view and I think we are part of a team but we're still the leaders and uh, we are indeed um, given that privilege as I said uh, to be able to make a difference and to um, give God the glory so we've got a little question there for you, uh, a way forward maybe, uh, some homework you could do take back to your churches maybe ask some people in your church what, how they see your marriage And uh, if you're even gamer, maybe ask someone in your family or someone who is a non-Christian about what they see that's good or bad about your marriage. And we've got a little box there about a thing that you can read later as well. Uh,
0: And then to women? Oh, yes, to women.
1: Okay, so that bit was really saying it to both of you as a couple and now I'm going to just speak uh, to women with things that I've found uh, that I've struggled with. And um, so, the first thing is, read the Bible. Um, Your your marriage is on view. Uh, You want to be grounded in God's word. I've been in a lot of staff, wife groups or prayer groups where we spend a lot of time praying about, I wish I had more time to read the Bible um, or saying that's one of our prayer points, we don't have time to read the Bible. Well, you are married and you have a husband. Uh, Does he know that you're finding it hard to read the Bible, that you're not finding 20 minutes a day to sit down and uh, immerse yourself in God's teaching. So I just suggest maybe you start by telling your husband that you'd really like to have time to read the Bible and could he please help you find that time to do it. The second point is, uh, are we happy helpers? So Genesis 2 uh, makes it quite clear that God made woman to be man's helper. and If you're made to be a helper, then I'm assuming you're meant to help So when when people look at your marriage, um, are you a team? Is it Gita's off doing this thing and John's doing that thing and I'm not interested really in helping uh, John? And John will come up with a lot of stuff that he needs my help with. Uh, For him to do his ministry well, I've got to want to be that happy helper. And the third thing uh, I say much to myself as anyone else here and that is uh, speaking respectfully. So we heard, have heard that in Ephesians 5. Our wives ought to speak respectfully, be respectful to their husband, submit to their husband. And 1 Timothy says the same. Women must not be, a wife must not be slanderous. So just want you to reflect on what kind of things you as women uh, might share openly about your husband. How do you critique him even if you think you're joking, uh, you know, that sermon was too long or um, he's always busy um, so it's a specific command to us as women to show respect. So I think, yeah, guard your tongues.
0: Uh, to men, for those who did watch the q and I think it was just uh, great how Peter tackled the whole um, question of submission. Uh, he talked about submission by talking about uh, the husband's love, um, uh, choosing to submit to allow the husband to love as Christ has loved the church. Uh, that the power and the pattern of Christ crucified, uh, it really needs to be at the heart of us as who we are as men. Let's just put the whole ministry, church, planner thing aside. Um, it's about who you are as a man, as a husband, a grace initiator who freely pardons. Um, I reckon uh, when you get stressed and tired um, and things are a bit tense at home, isn't it amazing how good we get at doing maths and keeping score? I don't know about you, but... Uh, uh, that is, we're not to be scorekeepers. Uh, keep no records of wrongs, we read in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, loving our wives, not according to her performance, um, but because she's God's one flesh gift to you. Uh, something I think it's a daily uh, thing to just keep reminding ourselves of and certainly struggle with. I've got there, we need a Grace's hammer of a thousand hits uh, and Grace's deep irrigation. So I uh, went and bought a Uh, drum kit from a a lad a couple of years ago and I learned about how cymbals are made, like the really good ones that cost a lot of money, Um, come out of Turkey and someone sits there with a hammer uh, and and belts that piece of metal thousands and thousands and thousands of times to get it, uh, the tone, the pitch, just absolutely beautiful. Um, And it just means, as we think about Jeremiah's hammer of grace, just as blokes especially... um, we just need to keep asking God to keep, you know, hammering us with his grace. And, and, and uh, it's, it's a lifetime, uh, I think, of being um, uh, moulded into the instrument that God would have us to be. I grew up on a dairy farm, uh, mud flats, uh, the River Murray, the lower end where there's now no water. Uh, but uh, with strip irrigation, and I used to travel down with my dad as he'd wind up the sluice gates to let the Murray in where the water would flow up the strip channels and then just over the the day flood over the flats Um, and the whole swamp would just be covered in water. You go and close the sluice gate and over the next few days that water would sink in and then beautiful, fresh, green, swampy grass would grow for the cows uh, to eat. just seems to me that um, as busy uh, men in ministry, we need to be regularly taking time out for that deep irrigation of God's word. It's it's why you're here. Um, Never, ever apologise to you. To, to your church family that what have you been doing this week well actually I took two days to go away and just to hang out with God and his word and pray should never apologise I think for, for doing that sort of stuff we need um, yeah Grace's deep irrigation I picked up this quote in my preparation and there's a sense um, as husbands that our true role didn't begin at the altar but with the atonement uh, and it's it's so true uh, that's, that's where uh, our role as men as husbands begin and I think uh, sometimes we can think, uh, like my experience in teaching my daughter to drive with the L plates, I thought I was a good driver until I hopped in a car with an L plate driver. Um, I thought, gee, I think I used to know that. Um, and uh, so I've been lovingly corrected by my daughter. Um, but also, I've learnt some new road rules. <laughs> uh, I didn't realise for 19 years I've been breaking the law. Uh, and um, uh, it's, 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 I think as men as husbands what happens over the years you know bad habits they can creep in um and sometimes you actually need to go and hang out with someone uh uh, like we're doing here just to sort of um keep being refreshed in in, in the way to go uh which brings me to a point of application is please can i I warn you because i've done this too often is just to don't don't confuse personal communion with god your own bible reading and prayer with sermon preparation for church uh, two very different activities. We, we, we prepare to preach to ourselves, but can I say I think they are different activities and the more you can really, we can show self-control in that personal communion with God, I think it, it's one of the ways we can allow God to mould us by his grace and, it's, and hence uh, fit us out uh, for loving and serving our wives. So just, I guess, as, a, as an exhortation uh, there as well. But for what it's worth?
1: Yes, yeah, so if our marriages are vulnerable... Um, Sorry, if our marriages are on view, uh, what do we do? Well, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible together, talk about the Bible, spend time in God's Word. Um, Be over communicators. People are watching how how you're talking to each other and that you are talking to each other. And it's really important for ourselves to be communicating. We like doing a diary check once a week. We make a coffee, sit around the kitchen bench. Um, I'm old-fashioned. I've got my follow John has got his laptop that's connected to every single possible app that can tell everybody what's going on. But we do our diaries and um, it's it's really, really helpful for us. Um, The other rule we have is not saying yes to anything until we check with the other person. So it might go something like, would you like to come to dinner on Saturday? That sounds great. Let me check with Gita and I'll get back to you uh, and vice versa. And that's even easier now with iCloud and iThis and iThat. So you can sort of just, you know, always be communicating. Uh, Spend time together and don't apologise saying that you had a weekend away or you went out on a date together or you got a babysitter and went to the movies. Your congregation needs to know that you value uh, your marriage. And uh, this is for husbands. Um, It's really good if you uh, love your wife and, and show her and I love it when I walk into church at 9.40, and John's been there since 8, but he'll come up to me and say, good morning, how was your day, going, um, give me a kiss. And he actually welcomes me as his wife and not just another member of a Trinity Bay. So uh, husbands, love your wives uh, as your wives. And we've got an over-to-you box there as well. Do you want them to stop now?
0: I know, oh, we'll save that for... Later, I think it's one of those like prepare, focus things. Uh, make sure you do do them separately and and compare your answers as well. For um, just as we sort of uh, move on, and hopefully there'll be some time. Might be some questions that come out uh, at the end, if, and we're obviously around all, all the next couple of days. Uh, but just that second point, your marriage is a blessing, and I know we all know this, um, but we need to keep being reminded that just how blessed we are to have the spouse we have and to be. Uh, to, to be married in that. So just, again, a couple of, um, uh, yeah, just, just a couple of uh, highlights there. So.
1: Okay, so just looking at the Ecclesiastes um, uh, verse, uh, two is stronger than one, or three. So Christian marriage, you know, what a great privilege uh, to be uh, Christian and to be married. So, you know, I love this because you can help the other one up. You can lie down together. When I've got cold feet in bed, I can put them on John because he's like a radiator. Uh, that's, you know, fantastic. Uh, you can support each other uh, in ministry. You have someone who cares about you and who understands you. So here you have, you know, your best friend, your lover, your right-hand man, all in one. Um, being married in ministry is a great blessing And you can also be a blessing then. Uh, So between the two of you, you can minister to men and women. Your home can be open to all people, singles, marrieds, families. You've got your combined income, your combined gifts, your energy, your time. So specifically to women, um, are you a thankful woman? And um, does that thankfulness... um, Is that expressed in the way that you treat your husband uh, and your family? And it's interesting that uh, Titus says, you know, being busy at home. Uh, Look, I don't think he means busy in the sense of making your house look like better homes and gardens. Um, You know, in fact, it's being busy with things that matter, things that are happening at home and not being a busy body outside of the home. I heard someone say the other day that the difference between hospitality, which we're all called to do, and entertaining is a tidy home. So with hospitality, um, you, it doesn't matter what your home looks like. Uh, you can be a blessing uh, having a messy house. And uh, we try to encourage that with our children as well, for their friends uh, to drop in um, and um, invite their friends uh, to be a part of our lives as well.
0: Yeah, one of the twin girls, Jo and they uh, in a volleyball comp and... Uh, and so Friday afternoons after school, his volleyball uh, the whole volleyball team comes to our house. Uh, we feed them afternoon tea, and they sit around and uh, and chat, and and just there's a whole lot of stuff always going on on a Friday afternoon. Um, but it is that just where it's that open door policy of just I think some of the greatest blessings of grace comes to people, and not when we're doing things perfect, uh, but when we're actually exercising forgiveness and grace, and things perhaps aren't going so well uh, in the background. So. Uh, just, just to keep remembering that, it's, it's um, uh, it is actually p- people see us doing grace uh, in action. Uh, that is the salt, I think, and, and the light uh, as, as that sort of blessing. So, uh, yeah, where are we up to?
1: Men's,
0: Men's to men, yeah. I just, just only really wanted to just touch on one thing. Uh, as we think about um, blessing and leadership, I think cross-shaped love uh, in Scripture seems to take, uh, take the lead in order to bless, takes the initiative, um, e- even um, when maybe people around us don't want us to lead or to take that initiative of grace. And so we read in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God's. And as, as husbands, we have been given a blessing To lead our wives, but it's it's cross-shaped, isn't it? Again, I know we know this. Just reminding you stuff we all know. Uh, It's servant leadership. It's contrite. uh, It's it's humble. It's gentle. um, It's throwing out the you know does she deserve it scales. You know that it's it's just working so hard to be self-controlled in our thoughts as men, how we think about our wives. Not a performance-based marriage. It's it's grace-driven. Um, it's not about juggling, trying to juggle home and ministry. It's not about balance. I just can't find that word anywhere in the Bible. Uh, it's about our God-given priorities as men, um, uh, just daily working out that those those blessings, those, those responsibilities, uh, to prioritize, um, and you know, probably never getting to an end of, end of any day thinking, "Gee, I got today just right." Uh, I think we, we're probably never going to have a day like this before Jesus returns but it, I think that's how it works. Uh, I think one of the the, the uh, things that God's taught me over the years as a planter I think probably for the first few years I thought if if Gita was surviving okay then that was that was good. But of course uh, scripture encourages me as a servant leader that, to be serving her in such a way that she's actually blossoming uh, and flourishing and thriving uh, as a human being created in God's image, uh, as a child of God, uh, as, as my wife, as a mother, uh, which, which just meant me curtailing some expectations, doing less than a day, when the kids were younger, um, and uh, I sort of started twitching when you all walked in here with the, all the small kids, but, uh, um, but it was just actually saying, I need to take, set aside an hour a day. Uh, because Gita, she needs to go and exercise, she needs some adult time um, and, and i, I just got to take over uh, and, and doing that probably at the worst time of the day, the early hour, when the kids turn into little sort of strange things that aren't our children. Um, but gee, gee, what a great exercise of grace to choose the hardest hour of the day to, to give your wife off uh, rather than maybe the one that suits you and your ministry. they are just some hard nut lessons that I guess I learned with, with, with smaller kids especially. I think with leadership, I think there's two extremes just to sort of be aware of uh, for ourselves, which is either to dictate or to abdicate. Uh, that is, um, I think especially when we're tired, we're busy, we're exhausted, um, we can be, try to become efficient in our leadership style. Um, it's very efficient to tell rather than to talk to someone, <laughs> to give them a direction rather than to sit down and have a discussion and a dialogue. Um, And then I think the other thing with the abdication is that just through tiredness, uh, busyness, whatever, maybe procrastination uh, or laziness or just plain selfishness, um, that we sometimes abdicate areas in the household that maybe, as men, I think uh, we have uh, a higher obligation to be leading and stepping up for uh, as well. So, look, um, you know, for what it's worth, is just to uh, bless your marriage and each other, just... uh, you are a blessing, you're God's gift to each other, uh, but actually just the need for that thoughtfulness planning, um, just to actually practice enjoying um, e- e- each other as well, and just got a story to share, something we, I guess we tried this out when we were, a few years ago as well, just as a...
1: Yeah, so we came together as uh, two young professionals who were sort of very independent, and uh, we had to sort of learn how to be that two, becoming one. Uh, one of the ways we did that was uh, catch up once a month with a uh, slightly more mature couple and go through a marriage book together and, you know, have a dessert night. And that was really great, just looking at them, this other Christian couple, and, and as, as role models for us. And we also love going to conferences together. So if there is, uh, you know, a CMS conference or, I mean, living in Sydney here, you guys, you know, get a conference a month. Um, it's What a great thing to sit under God's word together and then as you're coming to and from that being able to discuss it or, or listen to sermon talks uh, while you're driving somewhere uh, in the car and you uh, what another great way to bless each other uh, and your marriage
0: Alright, just the, the last really, uh, I guess the, the, the biggie and again we've got an exercise there for you to have a think about uh, in the next uh, few days or uh, as, as you leave uh, Geneva Push It's that third, that uh, our marriages, that they are vulnerable. Um, and I think it's just helpful to, uh, to call it what it is, that is, uh, with, with our marriages, that, there is a, that they're precious, they're fragile, they're, they are vulnerable. Um, again, just a couple of scriptures there that I think are probably worth reading out from 1 Peter. The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray, and above all love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Uh, For 1 Peter 5, cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and sober-minded, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Uh, Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world... Is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Um, We've just listed a whole lot of things just up here. I think, hopefully, Uh, maybe
1: not. No.
0: We'll just read them out. You can make up your own list of just various things where I think our marriages are vulnerable. But
1: um... yeah. So why don't you you do that um, together? Don't have time? Okay, we don't have time, so we're going to go through it. So, what sort of so what sort of things um, might make our marriages vulnerable? Well, probably the big three, I think, uh, you know, busyness, tiredness, and other idols. And so there's all sorts of other things: um, health issues, financial issues, um, conflict resolution, which we're going to look at tomorrow. Uh, communication problems. So there is an exercise there for you to do later to have a look at your own um, marriages and, and see what are the vulnerable uh, spots there uh, for you.
0: The next one, again, this is for you both to think about. It's uh, I've called it factory, the factory or the farm mentality or approach to, to life and ministry. The factory approach, I guess, is that corporate. It's the clocking on, clocking off, um, uh, where work in our minds is reasonably distinct, I guess, from home life. As mentioned, I grew up on a farm and... Um, I was just like born into this family business. Uh, it was never explained to me whether I had a choice to go out to feed the calves or to help out or if I had to get up and uh, milk the cows or, um, you know, lots of blessings came with that, learning to drive some pretty cool farm equipment uh, as, a, as a lad. Um, but my dad never apologised that this was just life. Uh, it was hard work. It was 24-7. Um, there were so many great blessings to us as a family. Uh, and I think, as I think about life and ministry, that sort of, if you like, family farming business approach particularly in planning is helpful uh, because what better uh, privilege uh, than to together as a family suffer for Christ's body uh, that he loved so much and died for what better way to sort of pass on to our families to our kids to uh, appropriately um, introduce them, show them, involve them in the most exciting family business in all the earth uh, So, and that's just something we've got to work out uh, in various seasons I think as well um, we 're all different, got different serving shapes in our families, different challenges in our marriages and, uh, and different um, just things going on in our lives. Uh, but I think it, it sort of begins more just with that um, just how we think about things as well. just the next point i 've got there our marriage 's purpose are fuel and home we 've already really picked up hopefully that our marriage 's purpose is is like all of our purposes as Christians, which is to glorify God. Um, so the reason that God has given you your spouse is that together you might glorify God together. Now that might not be growing some fantastic church. It might just be remaining faithful. The fuel that God has given us to do that is his grace. Uh, and, uh, and and God's grace gifts come to us, of course, with the Holy Spirit, with his word, with his prayer, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and lastly, uh, the local church or, or his church. And I've called that our true home for our marriages is Christ's people. It's his church. Um, that is, try to avoid the danger of sort of somehow separating your marriage and your family life out or apart from um, being part of Christ's church. Uh, John Piper said that sanctification is a community project uh, your marriage, like mine, desperately needs the people of God. Uh, and, uh, and so it's a great blessing that we're we married and, and uh, part of God's God's people. I just think that uh, the local church, it really is, in all its imperfections, but the local church is the best incubator, uh, I think, for any marriage to, flush, uh, to flourish in, as as well. So to avoid the, the them and the us attitude, um, that... Um, you know what's good for the people of God that I ministry I have a ministry to, somehow that's not good f- for me and my marriage or my family. So it's just trying to avoid that disjunction in our thinking and in our ministries as well. But just a couple of things to women, and then finish off with a few things to men as well.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure how uh, you girls are going with um, ministry and marriage, but I think it's not a competition. Uh, so. I have been um, jealous of John's ministry in the sense of he spends a lot of time, effort and energy uh, in ministry and I kind of want that time, effort and energy. But I think it's, it's, a, it's a real warning sign if, if you're feeling like that all the time. Um, and so just remember that under God, um, it's, it's not a competition. So I think the way forward is to actually uh, communicate what you're feeling. Uh, communicate it to God. Uh, communicate it to your husband. Don't communicate it to your best friend or your children or your mother or all of your prayer group. Um, that's, that's not helpful. Uh, if, if you're feeling vulnerable, uh, then the people to talk to are God and the person you're married to. And I think share what is stressing you out because uh, John may not be aware that I'm stressed out about filling in on the crèche roster, and the only reason I've decided to fill in on the crèche roster is because he hasn't found anybody else, and I kind of think, as his wife, maybe I'll do it. These and are th- all
0: hypotheticals, by the way.
1: And so, <laughs> I'm, I'm really stressed out. Um, you know, uh, he he doesn't know uh, how to do that, and it's okay if it's a one-off. But I think if you're feeling stressed out often about, uh, you know, money or the competition between where he's spending his time and effort uh, then please share it with him uh, because if, if you remain resentful uh, then you will end up uh, being bitter uh, and you may end up even worse um, giving Jesus away. So I think it's a good idea to to sort it out uh, before the sun goes down.
0: Uh, and just some things to, to, uh, to men and... Um just some stuff that uh, just have to be said we've got to keep saying these things to each other Uh, Brian's already said it uh, but I think uh, just seduced by uh, success um, the dreams of the, you know, being uh, Australia's answer to Mark Driscoll or you know, Andrew Hurd, our steward, Michael Lynch I don't know, just uh, just, uh, um, that our self esteem just so easy gets wrapped up uh, in numbers, success uh, growth, KPIs um, but really what needs to keep driving success is God's grace and that steadfast love and faithfulness um, in, in, in obeying God's word for our lives I've just put some symptoms of uh, workaholics down there uh, again all hypothetical no have uh, these have been symptoms in my life um, in, in, in uh, church planning uh, taking your day off that's your worst day Uh, Not taking holidays or feeling you can't or skimping on your holidays or feeling you need to keep checking emails or texts while you're on holidays. Uh, Wife and family uh, are just getting the leftovers uh, too often. Uh, You find it easier to say no to your wife and family than to the people of God you have a ministry to. Things are rarely an emergency emergency. What do I mean by that? As a doctor, I learned that... um, Things are really, are, are really an emergency where, where you need to drop everything. Um, and if it really, really is an emergency, call triple zero. <laughs> uh, that is, in our ministries, I think we can uh, justify, um, again, just the idea of people ringing. We need to be responding uh, to here and now. Uh, whereas saying, hey, look, uh, I'll ring you back in an hour, just having dinner, or um, the text comes in at 9 o'clock at night and just ignoring it. And answering the next day, um, and i 've learnt that uh, nothing 's ever really blown up. in fact, often when you let things cool down a bit um, that uh, it, you, you're helped by that, but just to uh, just to sort of keep praying and, and, and uh, being wise in that, uh, just that uh, just another week or month or year of doing seven hours a week, darling, this will end soon. Um, who is holding sorry you guys i over here do 80 or 90 a week is that right I'm sorry this, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah as, as we are look, we, we are uh, meant to work hard I think but I think there is just that wisdom uh, in trying to be r- real with yourself about why do I feel I need to be working those 70, 80 or 90 hours Like, what's, what's the driver is, is it actually God's grace that's driving me Or are there other other things mixed up in that as well? Uh, Just encourage you just to not get your brides mixed up. Um, Your church is actually not your bride. It's Christ's bride. Your bride is sitting next to you. And and that's the one you've made the promise to. So um, just I think it's a great thing to remember. Uh, I've just got there. Remember your most excellent crown. So from Proverbs 12, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. It doesn't say the perfect wife. <laughs> so men, again, stop expecting your wife to be perfect. Uh, and women, uh, don't try and be perfect. In Christ you are, um, but you know life is a sanctification process. A wife of six months may be an excellent wife, as may a wife of 60 years, but the excellence of faithfulness may look quite different. So just a couple of warnings uh, for us. As husbands. To keep training yourself not to wish your wife was more like someone else's wife. Uh, And I've been surprised at the number of blokes in ministry who I've heard talking like this. Um, And it's it's just not helpful, obviously. I don't need to to explain it. Uh, I think a great quote here from a guy called Charles Bridge uh, Your excellent wife is not the ring on your finger, she's not a chain of gold around your neck or an anklet bracelet or a toe ring (laughs) she is to be your crown your most glorious and public ornament drawing the eyes of all upon him as eminently honoured and blessed just thirdly uh, seduced by sexual sin and I've just what I'm going to say is in your notes but I need to say it because it needs to be said Uh, We need to be aware of exhaustion and what it leads to. Know yourself. Pornography, adultery, inappropriate masturbation, get help now. There is nothing going on in your ministry that is more important than dropping what you're doing and getting help. if if you're having issues, Uh, there's some really godly guys here you can come and just quietly have a word with if if you are struggling in this area over the next two days. Beware developing inappropriate intimate relationships with the opposite sex. Um, And sometimes they sneak up on you because you are running so lean, so tight, just the way life and ministry works in a plant. Uh, Beware of sexual predators in the church. They are actually out there. They could be in yours. Uh, A grace-filled marriage, a loving servant husband looks so attractive to a woman who's been hurt by an abusive man. So be wise. Uh, Beware flattery from the opposite sex. Beware thinking it can never happen to me or to us. Here's some safer ministry boundaries uh, we've instituted in the Trinity Network. Uh, I call it trust fertiliser. That is, if your wife knows you're doing these things, it will really help the whole trust thing. You're never, ever in, a, in the same office alone with another woman. Never in your house alone with another woman. Uh, as Ray Gale does, you, you meet outside even if it's five degrees. <laughs> um, let your wife know who you are meeting. Let's have an open diary policy. Oh, okay, this is who I'm catching up with today and doing this and that. So just, she just knows who you're with and where you're at. Um, positively, just be open. Talk about your sex life. Get your wife's perspective on... How things are going, how she sees women relating to you, uh, and, and vice versa. Uh, invest time and energy into romance and being intimate. Uh, again, all these things I know, but this needs to be said. Uh, it's not just quality time, guys. It's quantity time. Uh, this year, did something that Gita's been wanting me to do with her for about 18 years. Uh, to celebrate our four kids becoming teenagers, we sent th- them off to a youth camp, and we went to Bali. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> It was really good. Like, kids, having teenage kids, you've got a lot to look forward to. It's just fantastic. So um, quality quality and quantity time. Uh, Always exceptions to the norm. And, I mean, I know you know this. I know you're just so so good at this, men. But our wives are more like slow cookers than microwaves, okay? Uh, And I'm sure Al will probably touch on that um, a bit later as he talks to blokes. Just this balance, or just this—the uh, wisdom of keeping confidentialities versus keeping secrets versus protecting your spouse, um, like You just don't need to download everything on your wife that's going on in your ministry. You uh, can sometimes leave her feeling very helpless because you know you feel really good. Problem shared is a problem hard, but she's in a helpless place in the church to be able to actually affect or do anything about it. Um, it's that balance of sharing everything versus sharing nothing. Uh, again, sharing nothing, not helpful. Um, sharing burdens and confidentiality. So I often don't share various partial things going on with Gita because I know that potentially it's going to affect the way she's going to relate to that person in the church. So that's just a wisdom, a, a wisdom thing as well. And again, a tip, I'm sure you're already doing this, guys, but just have someone of the same sex who can be your ear, a mentor, a confidante, someone you pray with, pray for you, uh, who you can just ring up and just say I need to talk to someone about this who's actually not my wife um, but who is of the same sex and again just to finish off uh, for what it's, what it's worth
1: yeah so some take home tips I guess uh, you know, uh, to pray, are, are you praying for your marriages um, are you alert to different vulnerabilities that are uh, creeping up and communicate and communicate again uh, if you're in trouble get help early rather than late uh, make sure you put aside some refresh time um, either. You don't have to go to Bali. Um, you can just have, you know, nights somewhere else. And I think if you're feeling too tired to invest time and energy into your marriage, then you're too busy and, and something else has to kind of give.
0: And again, just to finish off, uh, just to say because it, it needs to be said, and I asked Al, and he said I need to, needed to say it, so I'm saying it. Um, your marriage should outlast your ministry Uh, just that um, you've made this one promise before God uh, and people uh, to uh, your spouse and that's the one promise we ought to keep as a first thing Um, what's the point of building a great ministry uh, if your marriage is getting flushed down the toilet uh, you know with success workaholicalism or or, um, yeah just just really uh, breaking and falling apart and if your marriage is breaking uh, again, just stop. Just walk away. From uh, ministry. That is from ministry. From ministry. Thank you. <laughs> oh, happy helper. It's good. Yeah. The, uh, if your marriage is breaking, obviously, walk away from your ministry always before you walk. You know, you're never going to walk away from your marriage uh, uh, in, in the grace of God. But just that. Um, and just to get help, it's okay to say, hey, look, I'm really struggling. Things might look great on the outside, but actually, you know what? Behind it all, we are really struggling. We need help. Uh, faithfulness is not spelt S-U-S-E-S-S-U-C-C. I can't spell. S-U-C-C-E-S-S. It's not spelt success. It is about trusting, obeying, being faithful in the commands of Christ our Saviour. And finally, it was just to remember that wonderful toolbox of grace, uh, the means of God's grace, his word, his prayer, his spirit, uh, and of his people, uh, the local church. So, uh, and again, we've just uh, left um, something there for you to maybe to think about. Um, just how well married would you like to be at 70? Uh, possibly uh, the sort of effort and energy we're, we're putting into our marriages now might have a bearing on that. Uh, what do you want on your, your tombstone to say about your marriage? Uh, as, as, as men, as women, as husbands, uh, as, as a married couple.